welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Punch It, writing in Star Trek. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as always, is... Tristan Riddell. Tristan Riddell. We are going back to our roots this week. You want to tell everybody what we're doing? We are doing an episode on the fly of Star Trek Enterprise. That's right, an episode on the fly, something we haven't done in a while because we've been uh, kind of consumed by what-if stories and alternate realities and things <laughs> like that. But episode of on the fly... Is pretty much where we cut our teeth. I mean, like we, yeah. we we did this a lot when we first started Punch It, and we did it a lot on our previous show on a different network called To the Journey. That was all Star Trek Voyager. We did episodes on the fly all the time of Voyager, and it was it was something where we called it like the whiteboard, where we'd get out the whiteboard and like the proverbial whiteboard, and we're like, okay, we're in the writers' room. We have no idea what we're gonna say. We have no idea what we're gonna do. We don't have any preconceived notions that we're bringing to the table. It's just here's the premise. Here we go. Like here's an episode for Star Trek Enterprise. Boom, run with it. And here we go. Yeah, we're gonna break it live, just like they do in a real writers' room. Only you and I are not professionals. We're doing this for fun. We do whatever the heck we want, and uh, fortunately, we have listeners who enjoy that. So that's why we're going to go back to our roots this week and get some, get get our little improvisational legs going because it's been a little while since we've exercised them. Now, speaking of listeners who appreciate the kind of stuff that we do and thinking on our feet, we have a uh, a letter that we'd like to talk about on air. We do. Oh my gosh. We've been getting a lot of emails lately and we really appreciate that. And this week I want to read a letter from a listener named Sophie and she's all the way from Australia and she is going through our back catalog right now. She is referring to episode 69 in this email. So that's way back when. And so for a refresher, because I had to look it up too, I didn't remember what we did in (laughs) Punch at 69. This is what we did. We did a Voyager season eight. What if Voyager didn't make it back home in Endgame? So we would just we were planning out what the crew would be doing, what sort of developments would happen. And so Sophie is referring to this episode in her email and she has some great ideas. So here's some of the things that she mentioned. First off, she says, I imagine Harry starting a relationship with Marla Gilmore from the Equinox crew. Hmm. Okay, right off the bat, yes. We never saw the Equinox crew again. What are they up to? What are they doing? Such such a missed opportunity. Such oh, it, it would have been such an easy callback with no effort. I know. I know. They really did drop the ball on that. So, you know what? I could definitely see that happen where maybe Harry's turning the corner a little bit where, you know, he used to be so excited when he would think about the prospect of getting home. And he was always just so eager and so ready and so excited and then only to be let down. What if he started accepting the fact that Voyager's home? You know, Tom and Bellana accepted that pretty quickly. That Voyager is their home. That's where they intended to raise their family and everything. But for Harry, it's a different progression. And so that would have been kind of cool to see him accept that and say, okay, I'm ready to settle down. I want some romance in my life. Maybe I'll start a family down the road. That would have been cool. Yeah. Great idea right there. And so then she has another really good suggestion right after that which is about addressing Tuvok's degenerative disease. Do you remember what I forget the syndrome? 
that it was, but it's basically like Alzheimer's for Vulcans. Right, yeah, and that was introduced in the very last episode. That's right, that's right. And so she says, I wish I was waiting for you guys to address that because Tuvok's son was helping him through that. Under normal circumstances, what would happen in the Delta Quadrant? You're absolutely right, Sophie. We should have thought of that. We should have addressed that. That would have been a great story point. We just didn't think of it. So Tuvok would just slowly get worse and we'd watch things at least go downhill for a while. I'm sure while the doctor is furiously trying to find some sort of cure. It's it's interesting because, you know, we saw what would happen. Like in Endgame, we saw an alternate reality where what if they didn't get home right away? What would happen to Tuvok? And Tuvok... Uh, lost his cognitive abilities and as we know it and so he fell victim to that disease and so if we were to hold ourselves strictly to that because it's weird circumstances where oh in that alternate reality that happened but in this reality our reality is a little bit different and so we could say uh, the doc ran across a uh, a race of beings that were compatible with Vulcans who help could help with this disease because of X Y and Z sure where in that reality the end game reality that never happened because say that they're aware of what's going to happen down the line because of the in-game reality that is now not going to happen that has influenced their decision making process for this new reality where they're not home and then thus that's how Tuvok gets gets cured you know that kind of thing instead of waiting down the road where Tuvok doesn't say anything he doesn't tell anybody for a (laughs) while and so thus it's too late but this way they know right away yeah I have a feeling I mean Vulcans in general like to be very private about what's happening with them I think he would start to feel the onset of this condition or at least let the doctor know that this is a thing. It should be in his file anyway, darn it. (laughs) If he's being diligent, they'd come across some planet, right? Where say, I don't know, there's some major developments in neuroscience with this species of people. It helps unlock some technology or some sort of methodology that helps the doctor cure Tuvok down the road. Maybe we'd see him struggle a little bit, have like a steady systematic decline. And then right when things are just about to start hitting the fan, because this is Star Trek and it is episodic Voyager, we would find a cure. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if the structure of the show was maintained, but then continued, we would not see a season long arc with this. It would be wrapped up in one to two episodes. No. Now, if it were being written today, absolutely. But back then, absolutely not. (laughs) Okay, so one more final point from Sophie's email. And this is a big one. This is a big complaint a lot of us have. It's about the Borg baby. Where did Borg (sighs) baby go? I don't care. (laughs) Well, (laughs) they just uh, just chucked it out, spaced it. Is that it? Nah, they dropped it off somewhere at some dropped fireman's doorstep. <laughs> Probably with Echeb's parents. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Done. Yeah. Well, I just I have such a resistance to anything involving the Borg children that I just like. Ugh. <laughs> well, you know what irks me about Borg baby is just we never had any resolution as to what happened with this baby. Was somebody taking care of it? And Sophie suggests maybe it was Marla Gilmore again. So you just like kind of a oh, wow. lower decks crew member said, you know what? I'll take care of the baby. It's cool. And then it's done, but we never got that satisfaction. It it was weird, like, how big of a plot hole that was. Because there's a lot of times that, you know, like, do you call it a plot hole or just and can you, you know, kind of mold that definition to something else where, like, ah, it just wasn't addressed, you know, like, because it wasn't 
key to the plot. You know, mm-hmm. like you could just say like, oh, they found a, a home for it just like they did with the other board children. You could say that you could think that and obviously that's the mental leap you have to take. Sure, um, sure. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like in The Dark Knight Rises. This is one I always go to where I don't say it's I, I don't think it's a plot hole at all. And I've actually argued this online where when he gets out of the prison and then he winds up in Gotham a little bit later. People are like, how did he go halfway across the world with no money and no nothing? And I'm like, it's because he's Batman. You know, it's because he's Batman. <laughs> he got like, bad skills, yo. That's the only reason you need. And so with with Voyager, even though this is this is weird that they didn't address it, because even just like a passing comment of like, oh, thank goodness we found a home for these children as well as the baby. It's weird that that didn't happen. But at the same time, you can just make that mental leap of they found its home just like everybody else. Yeah, and I'm sure in real life, the writers just forgot about the Borg baby. It's crazy that you forget. You know, they cared about it just as much as you do. (laughs) (laughs) So those were the main points out of Sophie's email, and I really appreciate you writing in. That is good stuff. And Yes, Sophie, thank you so much. If other people want to write in and share their thoughts and potentially have them read on the show, how can people do that? Would you refresh them? What they can do is go to thenerdparty.com slash contact and select punch it from the drop down menu. That'll send us an email. Uh, you fill out the form. It'll come right to our doorsteps. You can also find us on social media. We're all over the place. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Our show Twitter is Join Nerd Party. Uh, and you can find me personally on Twitter at The Insane Robin. And you can find me at Oh The Profanity. All right. Now, all of that said, shall we do a show? Shall we write an episode? Yes, we should write an episode, but I want to make one more comment uh, about emailing us about backlogged episodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, ho- please give it and like reaching out to us on social media. Please give us a little forgiveness or a little time mm-hmm. to to the fact that we don't have instant recall with these episodes. Like no. Char and I have podcasted together for literally hundreds upon hundreds of episodes and so we don't have instant recall of everything and i think i listeners have heard the story before one sweetheart of a guy found me on on social and uh, messaged me individually and said hey in episode whatchamadigger uh you said this but it's really this in the show so what did you mean by that and I said, I was like, dude, that was literally over five years ago. I have no <laughs> idea what I meant no at the time. No idea. Yeah. And we've, yeah. We've also got kind of the added complication of the fact that we've created different universes. We have completely different hypothetical situations. It is so hard to keep track of them all. So if you can just kindly refresh us or at least recall the episode with a small, small description that helps us out tremendously. Or if you if you want to even go a little bit further, link us that. I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, you don't have to do all the work for us, but a little bit of a refresher <laughs> is good just because there, yes. we have been doing this for so long. We have done so much and we're fragile humans. Our memories suck. So please forgive us on that. PSA over. PSA over. Fantastic. Let's go ahead and get to the episode. So we've been doing a lot of Voyager lately. Uh We've been doing a lot of Deep Space Nine lately. And so we thought we'd give another show a little love. And this is a show that probably gets the least amount of love out of all Star Trek, at least live action Star Trek. And that is Enterprise. Yeah. And so we thought it would be cool to do an episode on the fly of Enterprise. And how we tackle this every single time we do an episode on the fly is we try to figure out the setting and we try to figure out the individual that we're going to focus on because every episode of Star Trek has a focus on an individual, at least early 2000s and 90s track. I mean, Discovery is kind of all over the place, but you know what I'm trying to say. Right, right, right. 
So the A plot. So like, who should we focus on on Enterprise? Who's the first person that pops in your head? Should we do a classic Archer episode? Should we bring in uh, to Paul? Should we give some Hoshi some love? What what should we do here? What do you, what are you thinking? <laughs> well, you know what? When I think about who we should focus on, I think back to who we've already focused on before. So way back when we did a Travis Mayweather story, we've done some Hoshi stuff. We did a trip into Paul, kind of a uh, what if that last episode did not happen. Mm. Would, how would they get back together kind of a story. So my leaning is, oh, we also did a read story. We also did that. My leaning is either to focus on Flocks or Archer. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. I think those are some great characters to talk about. And so let's talk about the decision making a little bit. So like, let's, sure. let's kind of weigh the pros and cons before we make a decision against Good Archer idea. and Flocks. The first thing that pops in my head, and I'm not saying we have to do this at all, not yeah. saying this at all, but the first thing that pops in my head is focus on Archer's PTSD after season three. Ooh, uh-huh. Or, and this is something that we always talk about with Flocks because it is pure, it's truly fascinating to you and I as individuals, and that is something dealing with his polyamorous relationships. Yeah, I knew that was going to come up. I really don't necessarily want to go there because we've already discussed that at some length. 100% totally understand and agree. I just wanted to get it out there so that we could move in a different direction if we needed to. Now, one thing that just sparked in my head is we know that Phlox has countless degrees. He's a voracious learner. He's extremely accomplished. I wonder if there's some way we could talk about his past a little bit. Okay, that's that could be interesting. So I don't really want to do like a flashback episode. I would want to do it like uh, kind of how we dealt with Neelix's past, where his past came back to either haunt him or reared its ugly head, Ooh. something to that effect. And so that's a cool idea. If that's the case, okay. So his past comes back to haunt him, and that's something. It would be kind of similar to Neelix because I feel like Flocks is like the Neelix character where he's the fish out of water. He is the, he is like, Neelix is the delta among alphas in terms of quadrant. And then Phlox is the alien amongst humans. True, true. So that's kind of, that's kind of the angle. And so like, how dark do we want to go? Like how, how weird do we want to go? That could be a rich area. And also, I feel like maybe we have talked about like Archer dealing with post season three before, right? Have we mm. have we talked about that? It, I mean, it's always possible that we did, but in how much detail, I can't mm-hmm. recall. In full honesty. Well, the fact that Flox is the first one that you went towards and have like that backstory idea for, maybe that means that we should lean towards him. Okay, because the other thought I had is, what if we kind of marry these two ideas, where maybe. Archer is going to Phlox for some help, for some coping skills or something to help deal with the effects of PTSD. I think let's focus on the Phlox A-plot. Let's definitely make that the A-plot. And we'll, if we can, if it's worth it, tie in an Archer B-plot to, to further enhance the A-plot. Or if it, if it can work, great. If it doesn't, then that's fine. Okay. That sounds like a good course of action. Let's go with that. All right, so we've established the uh, the who. Let's establish the when. Yes, the other important factor. We got seasons one, two, and three, and four. 
So one and two, I always see one and two as kind of lumped in together. Like that is <laughs> like seasons one and two is just like that first phase is them trying to find their feet. It's very episodic. It's the adventure and the alien of the week. And then you have season three, which is obviously the Zindi war arc. And then you have season four that has a collection of like double and triple stories, episode stories. Yeah. This one, if we want to do, if we want to tie in Archer, this would have to be a season four episode. So Flox is well-established with the Enterprise crew. People know him. People love him. So he's less the fish out of water. But maybe that could lend itself to a story where he is established with the Enterprise crew and he has a rhythm, but something comes up that kind of disjoints that rhythm, that corrupts it, that maybe alters it or like the crew the crew's view of him is changed because of this Mm, something to knock him off his feet yes something like that because i think it's maybe it's a maybe it's a misunderstanding you know maybe it's uh maybe it is truly something in his past that he's not proud of that's something that he's ashamed of because there isn't really any of that with flox like flox is an interesting complex character but at the same time it's pretty much just been an upward uh, trajectory of how the crew views him like he's the weird alien at first and then he slowly becomes a competent doctor well i mean not slowly becomes a competent doctor but they view him as a competent doctor yes and then he becomes a trusted colleague and then he becomes friend it's just like boom that's how it is with him so we need a stumbling block i think that would be very interesting drama there yeah Okay, so if we want to go the route where maybe his past is coming back to haunt him, what could be that thing? Like, where, what sort of thing would Phlox do? How would he go wrong? Um, and, well, and how maybe would that color the judgment from his fellow crew members make him look a little differently in their eyes? Well, I think the most obvious example with a medical professional is he did something within the medical community that was untoward or that he was ashamed of, like, I don't know, he let a patient die because of selfish reasons, or mm-hmm. he did some testings, he did some testing that was maybe a little unethical, but he, you know, excused it at the time, or uh-huh. maybe he got into a relationship with a patient or something like that, you know, like things like that within the medical scenario. Ooh. What if one of his wives was uh, a patient, and that's where they, that's how they first met? I think that's interesting. Like, I know we, we wanted to stay away from the polyamory, but it's so hard not to. <laughs> I feel like what if, what would be a scenario where he got into a relationship with a patient that's complete, how do I, how do I phrase this? It's, we've established that sexual monogamy is, is not a thing Yeah. on, with, on Flox's home planet. Like Flox was totally like, oh, you should talking with Trip. Like you should totally sleep with my wife. You know, like <laughs> that's 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 weird from an outsider's perspective. Someone who's not used to that kind of thing. And yeah, but in his culture, that is what you do. But in that culture, with that is what you do. What if he had a sexual relationship with a patient where even his wives and their husbands were like, dude, that's uncool. I've got another idea. Can I stop? Go you? for it. Let me pitch Please, this. Please go for it. Okay. So what if? Let's say one of Flox's wives comes aboard the ship for whatever reason. All right. And Different one than what we've seen before. Yeah. And maybe there is a backstory here where maybe maybe she was a patient. That's how they met. And that's not necessarily considered unethical among Denobulans 
I mean, maybe they've got like a different set of boundaries on that sort of thing than we do. But then what if he did something where, say, another patient's life was in danger and he, because he loved his wife already at that point, saved her life in exchange for the other? I want to take your idea. Yeah. And I want to change it to one of his wife's husbands. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, let's make it more complicated, especially for a modern audience at that time. What if he was especially close to this husband? He loved this husband where he was a brother in arms. He's just like, he's like, yes, you know, like she's my wife and this is his husband. But he is also, he is someone very close to me. I love him. Yeah. I mean, he's family just as much as his wife. Exactly. And so that adds a layer of of people like of where like people on the crew like you know like trip or or hoshi or reed or malcolm something like that where they're just like like why why would you do that i mean like he's not you're not married to him you know so kind of i mean (laughs) yeah exactly and so like that adds in the complications and the ripples and everything like that yeah And, and then we can unravel what all that means Sure, sure. And then maybe, I don't know, do we want to add in another wrench where maybe this isn't the greatest guy? Like, I don't know, is Phlox maybe going to try to rationalize some shadier things that this guy's doing while he's visiting and the crew is calling it out and saying, "Uh, that's not all right? Okay, so... I don't know. Or is that just not even necessary at this point? I don't know if it's necessary at this point point i mean we could we can start to develop the why maybe the why is weird like maybe he's like maybe it's not as straightforward i mean like what if at the beginning the husband comes on board maybe this guy says like hey did you know that flock saved my life it's a story that he tells everybody okay uh-huh flock saved my life like he talks to the captain hey did you know flock saved my life he talks to hoshi hey did you know that flock saved my life <laughs> and so he's just one of those guys who's just like he's like a politician he's shaking hand kissing babies and he just loves this guy he's like hey you get this guy this guy flox he's a great guy all right all right go go screw yourself and then he just walks away something to that fact that's the kind of guy he is and okay so maybe i'm going in a different direction here so that's all right let's roll so he d- he does that and because he says that he because in a, in a letter we know that Phlox is quite close with some of his wife's husband. That doesn't mean that he is close with every single husband. No. And so what What if this is a husband that he doesn't particularly like, but he doesn't like to admit it, but he did save his life because of the family connection, but he had some trepidation because maybe he got himself into a situation that was untoward or inappropriate and by flox doing what he did he covered it up Ooh. okay okay so on the outside this guy is really friendly people just instantly fall in love with him he's got that magnetism that charisma but at the heart of it all there is a deep dark secret between these two and so when it comes out it's going to change everything I feel like I might be going down a path of Wix, you know, from yeah. from, from Voyager. I think we need to <laughs> make sure that we don't do that. I think we need to, to shy away from like Wix being a narcotics dealer and dragging Neelix into it. Uh, I, I think with this one, it really needs to stay in the past. And, he, and Flox is really just worried about his reputation and the view of his crew. Right. I really or feel the, like yeah. the moral of this story already is that whatever happened, Flox learned from it. He became a changed man. He would never do mm-hmm. it again. 
And there's this thing of, hey, learn from your mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, even wonderful people like flocks. And he's drastically ashamed of it for a reason. So I say that this guy is a shady business dealer. He's someone who travels intergalactically and he's constantly moving around and he's trying to expand his business empire. But the thing is, he, he's in league with like mobsters and gangsters and shady business dealings. And he just, whatever it takes, how, it doesn't matter how many handshakes he makes with the wrong people, whatever it takes to get more money in his pocket or expand his empire of influence, he'll do it. And maybe one time he got shot. He got shot by a particular type of disruptor. And Flocks, being young, naive, and just worried about his family, about his wife and his kids and everything like that, and their kids that they share, he covered up the evidence by healing him and maybe falsified a report saying it couldn't have been this guy because the disruptor that was used on him was a different type of disruptor. Ooh, I like it. Falsifying a report would be a huge thing that would weigh on Flox's conscience. As a yeah. respected doctor, as a professional, that is not something he would do. But in his younger, less wise years, I could see him doing that. And then, I don't know, were there any ramifications? Or did it work and he's just had to be haunted by the secret? I think... Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, because, okay, what if another situation comes up on Enterprise that brings out all these feelings, and while Phlox has learned, and he would never do something like that again, his friend here has not learned. Why, mm -hmm. why can't you just cover up for me again? I'll make it worth your while. Yeah, yeah, like, I think it's, um, it's got to be something like that, where, like, that's kind of where my head was going, too, where... Okay. Um, you know, like this husband comes on board and maybe maybe Enterprise is meeting with a certain delegation and this guy has had dealings with them before. And so Ooh, he and says, he's like, I, I can totally advise you on how to work with them and how to get what you need or how to expand relations. And while they're going through official channels, while Enterprise is going through official channels, he's going through unofficial channels. Okay. And, okay. And and Flox finds out, and he says, "He's like, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cover this up for you again. Like, you're going to get yeah. the Enterprise in trouble. You're going to get these humans in trouble, and I can't let that happen." Yeah, Enterprise has definitely got to get caught in the middle and be in some sort of jeopardy. What if he's getting some sort of contraband? Like, he's going to smuggle uh, it on Enterprise or something. We're uh, going down Wix territory again. I know. Well, it's so tough. The, we really are making a serious pa parallel here. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think we've kind of put ourselves in that corner. Do we live with it or do we change it? I think let's make it broader. Let's make it bigger. So it's not just contraband. It's not drugs. It's not weapons. It's something big. This is something about a formal connections with an alien world, something diplomatic, something mm -hmm. about trade routes, something about a treaty, whether it's a peace treaty or... I don't know, something like an accords, something big where this business dealer is so influential that that's why they asked him to be involved. And he, I say that, I say he's, I say he completely screws up the talks. He completely screws up a formal alliance or a formal meeting between Starfleet and this world. And so that's where Flox is even more flummoxed and disappointed and angry and where he gets some of the heat 
because maybe he inadvertently recommends his husband where like well, like th- mm. this husband where like Archer says like they've had some dealings what's the race of, what's Flox race again Denobulance Denobulance I couldn't think of that for some reason Archer goes to Flox and says like hey the so and so's I've I've checked the records and they've had some interactions with the Denobulans What can you tell me What can you tell me he said he's like well I can't really tell anything personally I know that my my third wife her husband uh, her second husband has dealt with with the so and so's and he's like he's like oh well like let's talk with him and and Flux is like ah i don't you know yeah, i don't know he's just a know. friend <laughs> he says like i can't i can't vouch for him she, and like maybe archer pushes it a little bit and like yeah. kind of it, it says like hey this is the best we got so uh, why don't you talk to him right. and Flux is like we want any help we can get Flux so i'm going to take you up on this and so then kind of Flux is maybe he's this whole visit, he's just doing it with gritted teeth instead yes. of it being, oh, hey, buddy, so good to see you. Because there's this little blip in their past that he knows is probably going to come out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And so this Denobly and the husband is still holding on to this capitalistic viewpoint of society where maybe there is like a kind of duality to Denobula where they you know like they have this socialist or communist society whatever you want to call it something completely different that we have never thought of so that there's no weirdness in the in the from the audience but like they have some sort of society like the federation or like i mean like like earth back then where um they've moved beyond the need for money but this husband maybe he's he's existing in a non-capitalistic society but at the same time he's like he doesn't have to worry about money but he loves trading influence he loves trading information he loves gaining stuff that way and and so that's what he's trying to do to expand his empire of of influence with these so-and-sos with this alien race and he sees the enterprise as an excuse to do that and he screws things up Oh, I like it. That's pretty cool. So basically, he's a Denobulan Instagram influencer in the future. <laughs> and he's doing w- it all for the likes and the views. I'm thinking something like that, but a little bit more serious. So maybe like a Denobulan Ferengi. Okay. Only he wants kind of the fame of it all. Not necessarily money, not even necessarily goods. He just wants the notoriety. Oh, I, no, I wouldn't even say notoriety. I, would, I wouldn't even see fame. I would say influence. I mean, like, he's a dealer of information. If he wants to do something, like, if he needs to set up something on Denobula, whether it's a new plant or, like, he needs to do this and that in order to, or if he wants to get into politics because of his influence on Denobula, oh, he, he's doing this and that, this and that. And so it's, I mean, there's a hundred different directions that we could go in to define influence or okay. or trading of goods and services. What if he's, what if he considers himself, he fancies himself, this isn't necessarily the truth, but he considers himself a master negotiator. Okay. And he wants to use his influence in the realm of diplomacy, but he got nothing. On the outside, he looks really good. Like he has got any kind of situation, but at the heart of it all, he doesn't have the skills. He's not quite good enough. He cuts, he does cut corners and he will flub things up. And he's just gotten kind of lucky in a couple of instances, maybe. I like that. I like that. What if we say he started out as a business, a successful businessman who wanted to become a politician? And that's Uh what happened with the situation 
with flocks back in the day and then now that he's an experienced politician he wants to become a diplomat but he's way out of his depth he's in way over his head right he never studied this and you would think with denobulans loving to rack up the degrees and whatnot Mm -hmm. you should have just gone to school for this buddy but he didn't he thought he was better than that he thought he could just hit the ground running and learn on the job and it's not done well for him you know it's going to make him fall apart I want stuff. I want it to be a little bit more devious. I want it to be. I, oh, sure. I, I don't want it to. I don't want it to be just because he's inept. I want it to be he's inept. Like he is overconfident, but also a little crooked. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He makes up for his lack of experience by basically doing whatever he has to to get the job done. So what do we establish? Like we need to establish. I say like back in the day. He, in order to become a politician or win something, he got in league with some gangsters, got shot, and then, you know, Phlox covered it up. And then in this one, to establish, like, the Enterprise is trying to open formal talks and negotiations with this alien race in order, I don't know, whether it's passage through space, maybe? Passes through their space to explore? maybe to explore their space so they can make star charts and what have you, or just even to get to know their culture. Yeah, something like that. Like they just want to open up relations saying like, we're Starfleet, we're humans, this is where we're from, we'd love right. to learn more about you. It's just basically all the good intentions. And the husband is like, yes, that's great. And so I'll, I'll, you know, you can meet with these diplomats, you can meet with these government officials. And he's on the side is meeting with the underbelly. Yeah, okay. In order to further his whatever whatever his goals are back on Denobula. Yeah. And he uses the Enterprise's resources to make that happen. Oh, I like it. Because that's not kosher. So maybe he uses the transporter. Maybe he uses the library, the communication system. Something to tie Enterprise back to it. So that the real government officials can go to Archer and say, What the hell? Your transporter was used at 8 p.m. last night. And uh, with these shady guys, what what kind of racket are you running? We can't deal with you. Like, we, we can't trust you. Right. Oh, I like it. I have a feeling Hoshi is going to intercept some coded transmissions, bring that to Archer. And then right in the middle of that conversation, they get a hail. And uh, this new race of people, they said, we're missing this, this, and this, and all what. And we detected that it's in the cargo bay of your ship. What the hell? So then, lo and behold, upon inspection, here it is. What's going on? How did it get there? What are we doing? And then we've got a situation on our hands. I think what we should try to do is have Phlox not cover it up, but try to deal with it himself. Yes. And then fail spectacularly. Yep, yep. I love it. Where the husband is going to say, hey, help me cover this up. We'll get away with it if you just help me. I just need some manpower. I, I can do all the other steps. It's going to be fine, but I need you to help me with this. And Phlox just, no, I can't. Yeah. But what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to try and do some damage control. Right. And then maybe he says like, okay, we'll go tomorrow. Like, I, like I'll confess to Archer first thing in the morning and we'll go from there. And Phlox is like, okay, fine. You have until tomorrow. And then that's when the husband like tries to do his dirty dealings that night yeah. And and that's when Archer can come back and say, you should have told me immediately. And, yeah. I, and like, Flox is like, I was going to tell you in the morning. Like, he made, you know, like, he made me promise. And then, like, Archer starts doing his yelly thing. And maybe Flox <laughs> starts to yell back and says, like, listen, this wasn't even my idea. I didn't even want him here. You're the one who wanted him here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's why. 
<laughs> yeah, and so they yeah. kind of go oh, back and it. forth. So it gets it's get it gets nice and complicated. We're airing out some dirty laundry because the husband is going to say, "Well, you know what? Your dear doctor over here is not quite the person you think he is." Right, right, absolutely, and um, I think um, I think it's, it's a really fun piece to play with because it adds complications. And there was this moment in, I think it's in, in the TNG episode Pegasus, where Riker's not telling Jean-Luc something. He's, he's not telling him about the cloaking device or the situation. And right. Jean-Luc pulls a, he says, he's like, he's an admiral, I'm a captain, so you have to do what he says. But if you put the ship in danger for one moment, I'm going to seriously reevaluate the command structure of this ship. Right. And this is Riker we're talking about. This is Riker. And so the audience is just like, <gasps> you know, like just like, right? oh, what is going gasp. on? And so I want to kind of have a moment like that where Archer says, like, you do something like this again. You don't come to me immediately. The the medical needs like of the ship, like we might need a right. new doctor on the ship, something like that. Like maybe this is the end of your journey with us. And Flocks, instead of feeling hurt, maybe he gets angry. I don't know. No, I really think Flocks might feel sad and Maybe I'm not hurt, but just I can't believe I let myself even go this far. I should have known better. But it kind of goes to show just how even somebody like Phlox, he can make mistakes. He's still learning. He is still a flawed, Mm -hmm. not human being, but a being. Yeah, yeah. And we're always changing and learning. And this is a hard lesson for him. And I have a feeling he might be apologizing profusely to Archer saying, look, I know this does not look good. I did make a mistake. And if I am off the ship, that is your decision to make. I accept that as a consequence of my actions. But would I miss the heck out of you guys? Absolutely. So he's going to have like a little mini speech in his flock style. I'm going to argue with you on that one. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that okay. he doesn't have his little speech. I'm going to say we leave it awkward. We leave it hostile, where okay. Archer yells at Phlox, he's sad, but then he just leaves the room. And he's angry, he leaves the room, and I think, uh, this is just my opinion, because that way it leaves it awkward, and so he kind of has to rebuild that trust as time goes on. And he goes to the husband, and he says, he's like, listen, I'm done covering up for you. I love this crew. I love these people. I want to stay with them on their journey. I should have never have done this. I like this is where his speech is to the husband, not to Archer. And he says, he's like, listen, you're going to be in trouble with not only these authorities, but also the Denobulan authorities. And you're on your own. I'm not helping you out. And also, even if you get through this, we're done. You and I are done. I don't care if we're married to, to, to her, you know, like, or whatever. Like if there's half children involved. Yeah. Family in this instance does not matter anymore like I have to set a boundary we are done I really 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 like that can I add one little wrench where maybe Phlox does just kind of leave things with Archer is angry and steaming and doesn't say anything just leaves the room what if he himself is preparing to leave the ship just thinking that's it I'm done he's gonna reassign me or kick me off the ship or whatever and so he's going to go off of his own volition. Like, I didn't, I didn't get fired. I quit. That sort of mm-hmm. a thing. Like, he is so, he, he's got such a guilty conscience about what has happened. He feels so ruined that he's about to go off on his own volition. It's not going to be Archer telling him to go. He's going to go himself, and he's mentally preparing that. He has the words with the husband saying, that's it. Look at what you have done again. 
I can't deal with you. You have ruined my life potentially. This is no bueno. But then we're going to come, we're going to circle back to Archer and he and Phlox will probably have to talk again where uh, maybe Phlox has a couple of suitcases with him saying, I'm ready to go whenever you want to drop me off or what have you. I don't want to cause you any more trouble. And Archer maybe just says, what are you talking about? I do like that. But once again, we're going into the Neelix Wicks territory pretty oh, hard. Because that ex- that exact situation happened yeah, where Neelix right. went to Janeway. Like it. Neelix went to Janeway and said, okay, I'm ready to leave. I'll go. And then that's when Janeway says, listen, you can't just quit on a family. That's the easy way out. Yeah. You know, like you're going to stay. You're going to have to rebuild these relationships. But you know what? Dang it. This is what Flocks would do. He would try to redeem. He would go quietly if he had to. I personally don't think he would get, he, I don't think he would leave unless he was told to. Honestly, I, I think that he would stay on the journey. All right. Well, then I think we're going to have to leave this one. If, if this is the only thing that we hardcore disagree on, I think we're just going to have to leave it to the listeners head cannons up to there, up to them. Ooh. Oh, I like it. We can give them different endings. Like you can have ending A and ending B. There you go. You, you can, A little bit of choose your own adventure. There we go. Okay, so in one instance, Phlox is going to go off on his own volition, but then Archer is going to convince him to stay on, and Phlox is going to have to do some hard work regaining the trust of both his commander as well as the crew. And then there's the other situation where that does not happen, and yeah. Yeah, he doesn't offer to resign, but he knows that there's going to be a long road ahead. And so angry Archer is going to say, I damn near ordered the resignation of your commission or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the better angels of my nature decided that that wasn't the way to go and you're stuck here with us you've got to live with what you've done all right well there you have it folks we got we gave you an episode with a multiple multiple endings uh, like subtle differences but it's really up to you on what you like the best let us know which one you like yeah as we talked about at the top of the show please uh, email us or find us on social media and let us know which one you prefer what you think Fox would do or if there would be an ending that we haven't even thought of yet it'd be a lot of fun to hear from you guys and if you have some time please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review if you leave us a five star review we'll mention you on the show well next week is going to be a lot of fun because no matter what we do we're going to punch it ready for warp sir let's punch it Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.